looking at a building in such a way that it is its own city. So when you're looking at design, really think about the psychology of the host and the user. And what is it that you want them to experience? Today, we're talking all about the future of hospitality. It's smaller, it's specialized, and it's digitalized with Rex Rogosh. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, helping home professionals, industry influencers, and creatives accelerate their business through an improved social media presence by translating digital influence into physical success. Whether your focus is interior design, travel and tourism, or hospitality, this is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. Hey there, welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, Darla Sour Apple Martini Powell. <laughs> and I'm joined by Natalie Rotten Potato Stink Graf. Hey, Natalie, how the hell are you? Smell like rotten potato. Yeah, you do smell like rotten potato. Why is that? Well, I was cleaning the potatoes before we started the podcast to put them in the oven, and my thumb went right through the potato and it spewed everywhere and got on my shirt. <laughs> and so now I tried to wipe it off, but I still smell rotten potato. Dr. Potato Popper. There you go. That's a new Something. show. It's a new reality yeah, show. Pimple, I just made yeah, that up. You made that up. Dr. Okay. Potato Popper. <laughs> okay, Sour Apple. I, you know, I might be a basic bitch. Yeah? Sour Apple Martini, I was informed, I, I posted on Facebook a couple weeks ago that I was enjoying a Sour Apple Martini and like a hundred people were like, oh, well, that's very 90s of you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a quick, easy, go-to, something simple. Well, I'm nothing if not quick and easy. So, Well, I don't know about that. I do know that you're a geek and a nerd, and then now that The Mandalorian is back on. <gasps> the Mandalorian, I love it. Baby Yoda. I love it. He's so cute. First... I loved it in the first one this season where he puts himself back into his little, like, cocoon thing so he doesn't have to deal with <laughs> the fighting. Carriage. Yeah. I like, Timothy Oliphant was in there, and he's wearing Boba Fett's old armor, and it, like, totally doesn't fit because he's too big for it. Uh, that has so many nice Easter eggs, nice touches in The Mandalorian. I thought it was good. For, Star, it was for really Star Wars good. geeks. And see, I don't, not a big Star Wars geek, so I just enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, it's so good. I, I really know. like it a lot. I know you do. Natalie and Graf, you remember back in the day, back in the day, back when we were young and we started this podcast, I we, do remember. We did a mini-sode on Instagram Live badges. Remember I said something like, we don't need no stinking badges. Remember that? Maybe, but we both had badges. But okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, Instagram is now rolling out the feature in a big way to 50,000 new influencers. And what the hell are badges? Oh, I hate to say the TT word, but I'm going to say the TT word. TikTok. TikTok. So I did experiment a little bit with badges on TikTok. And what badges are is they're an extra feature that you can purchase certain levels like for a dollar five dollars ten dollars on tiktok that is and then when one of your creators that you really want to support are going live you can throw those at them <laughs> figuratively it, virtually and it'll say darla powell gave you know susan mcnuggets 50 cents 50 cents 50 cents and i experimented with it for a bit and what happens is that the creators would see that because you basically are throwing money on them like at Times Square, right? And they're like, oh, thank you, Darla. Thank you for, thank you, Darla. And they give you shout outs or they'll even say ahead of time, I'm, you know, anyone giving me gifts or badges or special things, I'm going to, I'll shout you out. I'll follow you back. I know, right? You're rolling your eyes at me, but this is a thing. Yeah, I know. I know. But, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to follow but, along, but I'm just, whoa. But escúchame, linda. Escucha, escucha. What I found out was if I did that and spend like 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 cents and just kind of kept my name in front of these huge audiences, and we're talking like Gary Vee, some other big audiences. After I did that, I got a ton of followers. 
Aha! So there is a uh, a method to your madness there, I see. Right, but what Instagram's doing this is just to show a little bit of love and creative support for their Instagram creators, and you can buy special hearts for, like, I think they have, like, one for 99 cents, oh, one for more than that. streams. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it's kind of yeah. all coming back. And then what it'll be is a special highlight next to your name on that influencer's um, live so feed. So if someone's watching the live feed, they mm-hmm. can be like, oh, wait, who's this? What'd you call yourself? A basic bitch? Yeah, I think that's what you called yourself. <laughs> and they'll be able to go check you out. Okay, I got it. Yeah, got so it. it's it's only on live streams. And of course, they're doing the TT. They're they're competing with the TT, the, the TikTok. TikTok. The TT. I don't know if I like the TT, but the okay. T-T. All right, Darla. Have another shower apple. So right now, this is only available for a few creators right now. They're, like I said, brushing it out to a limited a bit, but they're finally rolling this out over here. So the followers will get little special hearts and they can have a little mutual love fest there. So I don't know for what it's worth. It might be worth playing around with if you have a huge creator on there with, you know, several hundred thousand followers and they're like, hey, I'll shout you out for a quarter. I'll shout you out for a quarter. <laughs> might be worth it. I don't know. They're getting kind of ridiculous. Know, there's a country song. Here's a quarter. Call someone that cares. <laughs> Here's a quarter for shout out on. I'm just saying. Social I think media. Tra- Travis Tritt saying that. I tell you what, my life this year has been a country song. I want to play that record backwards. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know that joke? I do know that joke all too well. I definitely know that joke. What happens joke. when you play a country music record backwards? Oh, you get your dog back, your house back, your wife back. You get everything back. Yeah, I, I do. I do. Yeah, I'd like to play it backwards. You'd like to play that backwards. <laughs> Natalie, today's guest. Oh, Sexy Rex. Sexy Rexy. I know Elise hates it. Elise, you know, Elise to... hates that we call him Sexy Rex. Well, you know why? Because that's highly inappropriate because he's your employee. Maybe you should think about that. No, you call him Sexy I Rex. I don't. Yes, you do. You're the one that says, no. hey, Sexy I do not. <laughs> not to his face, anyway. Well, you tell me it's sexy. That's Rex. highly inappropriate, it's and it's, highly it's inappropriate. a violation of. We are terrible bosses. Workplace. No, speak for yourself. I'm a very good boss. Uh-huh. Well, Rex Rogosh is my creative director at Darla Palantiris, and let me tell you, things have changed. And you were worried for the better. about your 2020 country song playing it back. Well, but I don't I tell want to give what, Rex back. You can't give Rex back. No. Rex has been or our new designer amazing. Elise. No, you you can't. So maybe you need to rethink that. You should maybe you should rethink your mindset <laughs> you know what that's true uh, do i trade you for rex <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i do sure if, if that's what you need you can trade me for rex <laughs> winning 2020 isn't as bad as i thought it would be so today we're going to talk all about hospitality design rex has a background in hospitality design i do not so we're gonna pick his brain but before we get into our interview with Rex, not Sexy Rexy, because that's all kinds of HR lawsuits ready to happen, let me tell you a little bit about him. Rex Rogosh is the creative director for Darla Powell Interiors. Oh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> Simple Darla. With over 20 years of experience in hospitality, commercial, and residential design, Rex is an award-winning interior designer who navigates anything from full-scale project management to single-room design. He is known for managing and completing design projects with the utmost attention to detail and exquisite execution. And if I can add anything in there, Mm. he handles things. It's wonderful. He does. And he's fast. He's way faster than I am. I have to sit in a room when I look at a space, which I haven't even been doing with wing night. I have not had time. I don't even know if he knows what I look like. But I like to sit in a space and kind of meditate and take it in and see what the room's saying me. He leaves a consultation with it designed in his head. 
<laughs> you just went right over what I called you, huh? No, I ignored you. Oh, okay. That's, that's called selective hearing, my dear. Oh, my dad has that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because he's married to your mother. Yeah, uh, this is true. <laughs> and happy 47th anniversary, mom and dad. As wow. of yesterday, I know. That's time. amazing. Someday. It is. Someday. All right, guys, help me in welcoming Rex Rogosh to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Rex Rogosh. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I am living my best Corona life. How are you? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, Corona? <laughs> corona. Wait, wait, wait. That would be a Corona light with lime. That's okay. Oh, Darla's- Exactly. Li- she's living her sour apple life. Basically, <laughs> martini. Yeah. Uh, basic yeah. welcome to the 90s sour apple martini life. <laughs> I didn't realize I was a basic bitch. I was telling Natalie, someone pointed it out on Facebook that I was a basic bitch because I was drinking sour apple, but that's okay. I'm fine with it. I like it. I'm okay with it. It's very easy to make and it takes about a few seconds mm-hmm. to make it and it makes her happy. So voila. The end result. It's the there. same. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it all goes down the same. Yeah. Rex, I was telling our listeners how amazing you are as the new creative director at Darla Powell Interiors and that you probably don't even know what I look like because I've been so busy on the wingnut social side. You are really holding everything together. You're one of my bright lights in 2020. So thank you for that. And uh, you're quite welcome. Uh, oh, thank you. I, I really do appreciate it. you and our amazing new designer, Elise Gluak, are a killer killer team i'm serious you guys are knocking it out so much faster than i could have ever done so anyway so good on you thank you today we're talking about hospitality design something i admittedly have zero experience in you know just being in the interior design field for a little less than four years but you have a buttload of experience tell us a little bit about your experience briefly and then we'll get into some burning questions Absolutely. Well, yeah, my background actually is started in hospitality design on the architecture side. I worked for a lot of major firms that dealt with both commercial hospitality restaurants. We dealt with uh, casinos and hotels. Ooh. So we really did encompass pretty much all of the hospitality checkboxes and probably invented a few along the way. Okay. So when is Darla Powell Interiors getting a casino? <laughs> let's, do, let's make that happen. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> um, I, absolutely. Um, sure. No problem. Let me uh, <laughs> wave my magic wand and and make sure that Vegas and Atlantic City aren't going bankrupt for the 15th million time. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about a lot of our audience are residential interior designers, but we do have some commercial and some hospitality designers as well. Tell me, why would somebody want to go into hospitality design? Are there any benefits or perks of doing design for hospitality clients rather than residential or general speaking commercial? I think as designers, we all have our own personalities. And just like we wear different clothes, I think different types of projects fit our different personalities. We all know that residential is a very personal, very kind of hands-on day-to-day experience with our clients, where hospitality has a little bit more of a, a an imaginary client where you have to uh, sit with a team and go, huh, who am I designing for? I've never met this person or people in my life. Mm. And so it's definitely a different creative set of rules and regulations and mindset. So for people who don't necessarily want to be the handholder, consoling, you know, telling their clients that the couch will be fine, hospitality might be actually a better suited for them because it's more of a a what-if client uh, where you get to be a little more creative and a little more like out of the box. All right, that's it. You heard it first here, guys. Uh, Darla Palantir is all hospitality. Show's over. Great. Have a great day. Drive safe. Yeah, drive safe. Don't don't crash your car. So what is changing the hospitality industry as of now? Because we all know that the impact of COVID-19 has definitely 
made its impact on 2020 and how is that going to be an impact on the regular hospitality designer? Well, I think in general, hospitality industry is going to obviously have to do a lot of changing. You're going to see different types of amenities show up. You're going to see different rules and regulations as far as you know, social distancing and cleaning requirements. So the designers are going to have to get on board with knowing what's up and coming uh, with all those rules and regulations on top of what's the latest, greatest materials. You know, are we going to be dousing everything in bleach? So if that's the case, you know, those beautiful chagrin, you know, bar stools that you wanted before are not going to happen anymore. So I think really as a hospitality designer, you know, really you should always be on the forefront of materiality and, you know, what's hot and what's not as far as amenities are concerned. But I think really now to set yourself apart is really going to be even more prudent on being able to do those, you know, types, bringing those types of skill sets to your client. You know, Rex recently had travel photographer um, Ralph Velasco on the show, and he said that the travel industry was getting affected by COVID, of course, clearly, but that the way he sees it bouncing back and changing is travel happening in more intimate venues, smaller tour groups, more outside things, more than going to, you know, like the Tour de France or the Super Bowl or big things. Do you see the hospitality design becoming a more, a smaller, more... I don't want to say intimate because we don't want to be close. We want to do the social distancing, but maybe not as designed for huge crowds. Or do you think that's just passing? I think it's going to be a little bit of both. I think you're, you know, obviously each person is now going to take up more square footage, not because, you know, they're gaining weight, but because (laughs) we have to keep everybody at arm's length. Some of us are. Well, you know, the COVID-20, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, But I think with hospitality design in general, we're going to have to look at, you know, how people interact. Hospitality design is all about how we, lack of better terms, force people to do things we want them to do in a space. So if we, you know, are designing a hotel, we are guiding them subconsciously through the space. We're having them do certain activities in certain spaces. So I think we're really going to have to look at that and how we impact people and make them feel now more secure in actually larger square footage. We're like any other animal. We like to, you know, feel cozy and, you know, secure. And that usually means closer spaces. So now how do we allow people to still feel that way where the closest person might be 10 feet away from them, right? So I think, you know, he's right. I think it's going to be more intimate in a way. And that's more of a sociological feeling. Mm-hmm. Like how, how are we going to make people feel safe and give them the interpretation that they're, you know, cozy and secluded, but at the same time, you know, use all these new social distancing requirements and still also make it profitable for the hospitality people to operate. And on that, Rex, in your opinion, you know, when you go to a a casino or you go to a hotel and you go down to the bar and you have a few drinks, do you think that designers are going to go ahead and get away from actually putting seating at the bar and try to change that up to get creative? Or are we still going to have that bar seating like we used to? I think you're going to see a little bit of both. Uh, Unfortunately, there's not one rule, right? Unfortunately, we're a government by the state and even at a local level. So really it's going to be the designer is going to need to know what the local requirements are that they're designing in first and foremost, and then also then think creatively and really engage with their client, the developer or you know the, the restaurateur or the hotelier and be like, okay, look, this is what the rules are. 
it could change at, at any moment. We know we don't want this to look like a DMV. So here are some really <laughs> interesting ideas that we can do. Right. So again, I think it's, you know, it's up to us to really, you know, I, I, I hearken it back to like, I mean, I hate to say this, but I hearken it back to, you know, ADA, mm-hmm. you know, when ADA first came out, People are like, oh my God, what are we doing? We're going to have to basically design everything with four foot ceilings and everybody's going to have to be in a wheelchair because it was just this weird thing for us. And now it's common knowledge. It's common practice. I just think this is our next ADA. I just think it's something that we're going to live with. I think as a designer and, and just as a human being, I look at requirements that are happening now and I'm like, why weren't we doing this in the beginning? You know, why weren't we spraying down everything? Right. Why aren't we, you know, doing some of these things that just seemed like, Common sense. Common sense, yeah, right. exactly. Why did, why did it take mass hysteria and mass deaths for us to go, oh, this is what we should be doing in the first place? So you obviously saw a lot of, you know, impromptu, let's just put up shower curtains and plexiglass over everything uh, because we didn't know what we were doing. And I think you're starting to see some more elegant and more, you know, thoughtful design processes around COVID and what we should be doing. And it's happening very rapidly because we have to basically get the world back open, right? Yeah. So I think designers are going to be key in that because it's, it's that whole adamant about, you know, there's always a solution, but is it a beautiful solution? And at the end of the day, we don't, again, we don't want to be walking around like we're in the DMV, you know, the DMV. <laughs> so <laughs> number 99. Exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this, Rex Rogosh, creative director for Darla Powell Interiors. Do you think that hospitality venues, restaurants and hotels and et cetera, are doing the deep dive design right now, or are they just putting band-aids on seeing what happens? And if they are doing a deep dive design, how do we accommodate the current situation, but keep it timeless to where they're not remodeling again in one year? Or do we even care about that? I think you see a little bit of both. I mean, you obviously had projects that were in the middle of construction that are had to put the brakes on and go, okay, we're about to open. So those are the clients that are definitely doing the deep dive and going, okay, we need a solution because we're not going to be able to open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then you have the places that were already open that got forced to be closed and they're like, okay, well, they either, ha- I mean, I hate to say this, but they either had the funds and the money and the wherewithal to do it or they didn't. So you, I think you see a little bit of the Band-Aid just to get them through to see if we're going to have to continue to keep doing this or if it's just going to be a phase. I unfortunately don't think it's going to be a phase. I think it's going to be something that we're going to end up going, oh, sneeze guards are always going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so I really don't foresee those types of things ever changing. I see some of this, the more like the bigger things tapering off, you know, as this blows over. But I do see some things, like you said, like the sneeze guards and the wiping down. And maybe we're not sitting so close as we used to sticking around like forever. Yeah, I, you know, I definitely think, you know, you might start seeing regulations changing as far as occupancy levels. I mean, those types of things have always been hard anyway. And again, it changes from district to district. Mm. So keeping up on those local codes is always an issue. And unfortunately, designers a lot of times rely on the architects to know that, but I think it's definitely prudent that they also know because we can't always rely on somebody else's knowledge. So I think double checking and triple checking those types of facts could be very detrimental if you do something wrong um, to a project. So unfortunately, though, I definitely feel that with the constant flux of what's right and what's wrong and how do we manage a space for people to actually 
you know, use and interact is going to be quite challenging for most designers because again, things change, projects change. And I think the perception from the client is always something that is ever changing, you know, because some clients might go, well, you know, the minimum requirement is X. I don't care. Put up a plastic sheet where another, another client is like, we're building this to last and we need all of our people, you know, to be 100% safe, build plexiglass boxes for everybody. And each one has its own HVAC. Like, I think you're going to see a multitude of extremes for quite some time until it kind of evens out. And like I said, I kind of harken back to like ADA. I've worked in a lot of different jurisdictions where some places they could care less if you had a handicap ramp, make them crawl, where others are like, everything has to be, you know, handicap accessible. It doesn't matter if it's equal or not. I saw those extremes for quite some time. And and there is a little bit of kind of where the pendulum swang enough. And now we're kind of in the center. So I think the same thing is going to be for this. I just feel that it's, it's going to take a little longer mm-hmm. than we would yeah, like it to. Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you a question. Rex Rogosh, creative director at Darla Volunteers. <laughs> Ooh, plug that, Darla. Go ahead. Shameless plug. Shameless Go. plug. If you were a starting out designer and just fresh out of college, would you specialize in hospitality design right now? Run far away and pick another <laughs> discipline. Okay, I have another thought on that. Because Wingnut Social, our agency, we broadened our verticals into travel right? And hospitality Hospitality and luxury automotive. And yes, right now they're not so hot. But when they bounce back, I think that it's going to be an avalanche of business. So it might not be a bad time to hone your skills on it. No. And Rex, how do you feel about technology? Will that help or harm the hospitality industry? I'm a huge proponent of technology. In fact, that's how I got my first job. I was one of the original people that actually took AutoCAD what? As a college degree. Really? Are you serious? <laughs> yes. You're old, Rex. Why are you so old? He's not that old. Hush. <laughs> he's as old as me, actually. Actually, I think I'm a <laughs> no, little... No, he's not. He's, you he's are younger. Older. I'm older than you Rex. You are older not than Rex. Much, not by much. Not by much. No, but Rex is prettier. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> I think technology is going to be a huge thing, and not just technology in the sense of you sit in front of your computer and you can draw something and you can do stuff virtually like we're doing right now. I mean... At DPI, I mean, we're doing probably 90% of our business virtually. Yeah, true. Via Zoom calls and whatnot, even procuring all of our furniture. I think what technology is going to help us with is, again, these new materials, microban and uh, antimicrobials, which have been around forever on certain materials. They just weren't readily available. I mean, most people don't know, but there are literally porcelain tiles out there that were produced right here in the United States that had coatings on them that actually, when um, water hit them, it released ozone into the air. So they were using them in like indoor pools and indoor places to block out the chlorine smell from the pools. Wow, I had no idea anti-graffiti. So I think you're going to start seeing a lot of those types of products starting to show up. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more fabrics that are basically what we used to use only in hospitals that were, again, microban, bleach resistant, those types of things. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more of that technology on a more 
global scale, meaning it's not going to cost you a hundred dollars a yard for the fabric anymore. It should be costing us like twenty or thirty dollars a yard wow. for the fabric. You know, so Natalie and I are no strangers to going to events at hotels, uh, design events, podcasting events. That's where events are held. Luann Live was at a hotel in New Jersey, and clearly in 2020, that that's not happening anymore, and that's got to be affecting the hotel industry, their income with everything is virtual. And I do see moving forward into the future, virtual events still kind of staying maybe like a mix. So what do you see in the hospitality industry? How are the hotel owners, et cetera, pivoting to combat that? Do you have any thoughts on that? I actually, again, in in amenity spaces, I think you're going to start seeing instead of these big ballrooms and those, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more smaller technology-based rooms. So your business centers are probably going to be more like little conference rooms where six or eight people can go into a room, look at a big screen, be video conferencing. And it's funny because I think about, you know, some of the large firms that I worked for late 90s, early 2000s that had conference rooms and had video conferencing. And we thought this was like this weird thing and people still traveled. And now if if you don't have Zoom on your phone, like you're lost. You're right? a basic bitch. You're a basic bitch. And the exactly. sour apple martinis like Darla does. <laughs> <laughs> Which she like, sucked it down and ready for another one. I, I do like, see that. Oh, hush. You? Why are you telling on me? I'm just saying. <laughs> so I really do think that, you know, you're going to start seeing hotels kind of pivot towards that. Um, you're already seeing it now at movie theaters. Movie theaters are renting out their screens for next to nothing. So you can actually hold a business meeting in a larger space where you can socially distance and you their project. So I really think that you're going to start seeing these amenities. I think for multifamily uh, projects, you're going to start seeing definitely more rentable or usable business centers because people are going to be working from home. So you might not be able to set up your office in your apartment. So you'll be able to go down to an amenity space. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more those types of things. And I'm hoping also that you're going to start seeing more outdoor space. You know, I worked on some several multifamily projects in the DC area and those developers really wanted a lot of outdoor space. And so now, you know, I've talked to them and their apartment buildings are booming because they have so much outdoor amenity space that their tenants can use on a day-to-day basis and still have these functions and have this sense of community where a lot of the inner city uh, developments just, they're like, oh, you can have a pool and that's about it. So I really think you're going to start seeing a shift again in how designers are approaching and making their buildings more livable and more environmentally friendly. Yeah. Is there any, like just a few of those pointers maybe that we could offer some hospitality designers that are going to adjust to the new normal of today? Yeah. The ones who aren't listening to you (laughs) that are going to do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that, you know, shed some of your experience on us. Go ahead. I mean, I definitely think that looking at a building in such a way that it is its own city. So when you're looking at design, really think about the psychology of the host And the user. And what is it that you want them to experience? And so, and look at new ways of giving them experiences that are enjoyable, but are also safe. And so does that mean, you know, creating these rooftop gardens? Not only is that environmentally great, it helps a multitude of things. We can do a whole podcast on just that, but it also, now it's square footage that you might not have used before that allows for social distancing. It's outdoors, which is apparently better for you than being indoors. So I really think that we really should kind of take a pause 
as designers and start looking at our buildings and looking at really what we want to convey and how we want to convey it in a more respectful and insightful way instead of just blowing through things and really kind of holding our developers and our contractors on a leash in in a way going, okay, let's slow down like five seconds and let's like really talk about this and really make sure that we're doing something that we're not going to regret or is going to be detrimental and not allow people to enjoy what we're building for them. I have an, an idea or a thought that I think how hotels might adjust. I'm sitting down. Go ahead. <laughs> that might adjust to the virtual meetings, the virtual I events. I see the storm clouds Thank coming you. In. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> We've met. So I think this is an idea that I have. If I was a hotel owner, what I would offer because I have a friend of mine who does live events, and she wanted to do kind of a hybrid live event at a hotel or situation, have this set, have it filmed, have a minimal audience, and then still broadcast that virtually. So I could see that working, them offering, okay, here's the ballroom, here's the set, you know, here's the venue. Well, it might limit your live audience, but you're still going to have the audience sounds, the audience noises, and you can still broadcast that out. You know, I, I can see that being like a hybrid solution for hotels. I mean- Absolutely. I mean, hotels have an enormous amount of square footage that is rentable. I mean, that's what a hotel is. Basically, if you're designing a hotel, if there's square footage in that hotel that is not a rentable space, then it's it's a loss leader. So part of that's obviously on the hotel people. I think also part of it is on the designers to come up with these solutions for them. So if a hotel person comes to you and says, hey, I need to remodel because I'm not doing X, Y, and Z, you know, maybe the designer looks at the space and goes, hey, dude, you've got this. This is what you should do. And not necessarily to talk yourself out of getting a job or talk yourself out of a design project. But I think it's it's a way of gaining that trust of that hotel person because that hotel person probably owns more than one hotel. Oh, right? yeah. Good point. So it's not always about how much money you can make off of that one project. It's what is the long game? And I think that's what we need to start looking at, especially with us not knowing what the outcome of the world events as we know it are right now. So let's look at the long game and let's look at you know how we can help out our people who are coming to us as professionals. And I think the other thing you know, really is important is being that professional and being that voice of reason and being that expert that they're coming to you for. And then also knowing that if you don't have the answer, go, you know, I don't have the answer, but let's do the research and let's bring in those people that do. Like Rex. Let's bring in Rex. (laughs) (laughs) Let's bring in me. Yes. No, no, no. We have dibs. We have our claws and hooks in him. You cannot have him. Rex, um, could you get us a hotel? Okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> Rex, this has been a very elucidating conversation on hospitality design. Thank you so much. But now I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. Oh, hold on. Um, it's empty. So, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. Rex Rogosh, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? I would be a tulip tree. I think that's what they're called. Is there a tulip tree? I call them a tulip tree. I don't know what they're really called. <laughs> so there's this tree that blooms these beautiful giant pink flowers and they bloom in the fall. Aww. And they're actually popular around here in Florida. Here being Hong Kong orchids. I know. That's oh, kind of what I'm ha- thinking we of. We have one over the pond. They're angel, what to call it? Oh, the poisonous ones? Yeah, the poisonous I'm beautiful, but poisonous <laughs> if you go. don't treat me properly. Perfect. See, it's perfect. <laughs> Literally, it's fall right now, and I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt with shorts because it's fall. And I'm like, I look good in layers. So I need, 
I needed to figure a way to do this. <laughs> you are a very snappy dresser. You could teach me a thing or two for sure. <laughs> My jeans and a t-shirt, jeans and a t-shirt, jeans and a t-shirt. I am not a lesbian. Okay. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Team too much. <laughs> if you could only be one golden girl, who would it be? I mean, they already call me Blanche. <laughs> I am not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you, either personally or professionally. Okay, well, I don't read. <gasps> He's uh, like me. And you're not, but you're not Amish. You can read, though, right? I, I can't. Okay, so fun fact the reason why I don't read is because the actual reading <laughs> yeah. puts me to sleep. Well, okay. How about like, literally? I'll get like three sentences and I'm gone. What about like, audiobooks? Audiobooks I've done, but I I don't know, like I'm such a geek when it comes like to books. Like I had an architectural library. Like for me, I like the history and the why, like why was a building built and why was a car designed the way it was? So I have all these design, I mean, my life really evolves around design. So most of my books are really about the architects and designers that I admire um, on a day-to-day basis. All so. right, we'll, we'll take that as an answer. So I'll, I'm going to ask you an, another one, an extra one. What's your What's your favorite type of architecture? So my favorite type of architecture is, this is going to be a very convoluted answer. Um, so I'm warning you now. Oh, God. Um, I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> no. So my favorite type of architecture is architecture that respects its surroundings and its occupant. That meaning I love modern design, but I respect any designer or type of design that takes into effect who is occupying that space and the space that it occupies. Okay. That's a very politically correct answer. (laughs) (laughs) But it's Speaking of the day that we're recording, this is election day. God, I hope we live through the night. (laughs) Well, look, I I have a compound. Look, I had a dream the other night. I'm going to tell you this dream. Oh, no. So I have a compound and I have this street. And I've already decided that in the event of the zombie apocalypse, which will probably happen at midnight tonight, I am safe. And what is going to happen is I have a map of the area in which I live going to be put on the wall and I'm clearing out a space with shelves. And as each house becomes zombified and the people leave, <laughs> I'm going to go to that house, take everything that's that I need to survive for the next 400 years. Right. And I'm just going to systematically like last man standing, go house by house. And then I'm going to clean those houses, put a fence up and then invite non-zombie friends to come live in those houses and protect them. Oh, I could do that. I'm a retired cop. I can protect a house. You're on the list. You just have to leave the third world country and come up to the second world country. (laughs) Okay, deal. (laughs) Rex, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We really appreciate it. I love love the work that you're doing at Darla Palantir's. You've been a lifesaver. Thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoy another martini on me and have a terrific evening. Corona light. Were you not listening to him? Enjoy another (laughs) corona on me. It's okay, Rex. I got you. I got you, Rex. Look, I'm I'm moving slowly into the harder stuff because I have to pace myself depending on what happens tonight. (laughs) It's a crescendo game. Thanks, Rex. Thanks, Rex. You're welcome. Natalie and Giraffe. Yes, Jethro. Or should I say... Basic bitch, 90s sour apple, which is it? <laughs> I don't even Go care. Go ahead. I don't even care. I love I, I love Rex. He's been such too. a godsend. He has. He's been amazing. I so. couldn't do it without him because, like I said, I'm not, I have like no hands in DPI right now because Wingnut is on 
fire. And you know, I thought it was hilarious that when you ask him about uh, someone young coming out of college <laughs> and should they go into hospitality design, he's like, no, run, run. <laughs> but you know, honestly, I think the hospitality industry, just by getting out a little bit here and there that we've gotten out and we've gone to dinner and it's weird. It's definitely the new normal is, is kind of weird. It is you weird, know, you yeah. wear a mask, you go sit at the table and then you can take your mask off, but then your server still comes. Or And he says, could you please put your mask on in your case? Sure. <laughs> but I'm just simply saying that it's just the new normal feels weird right now. And I think it will take some time to adjust. And as long as you're an open-minded designer and you stay on top of the textiles and mm-hmm. what's going on with the fabrics and all that good stuff, I think you're good to go. Yeah. And I have to say that, yeah, maybe hospitality, if you're specializing in that right now, it's kind of a suck fest. But if you can be creative and come back, you might think of all the competition that you, if you can outlast them that are going to go off and do other things and, and you know, maybe not make it through this, then maybe you could position yourself as the lead hospitality designer and it's just, just strategy and positioning. In the social distancing. Yeah, strategy and positioning and timing, you know, and everybody's case is different. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. You know, sometimes the residential design is a lot of hand-holding, a lot of drama. But what, what, I know, what, what do I know? What do you know? Rex does it. I know. I was going to say, I'm what do I know? Say, what I'm do you know? <laughs> Rex is taking hand. Rex has got it under control. He does have it under control. I'm over here doing wingnut stuff. We need a salesperson. I did like my idea about doing like the hybrid venue thing, like offering for your webinar or for your virtual event, a stage or a venue or something and not we just could your- do something like that here at Wingnut Social. Guest house in your backyard. Uh, listen, we could do an event for Wingnut Social. I did like the fact that Rex said that he likes to see a lot of new things that are coming on outside. So even if you were able to somehow cast an event outside and be able to hold that outside and still not lose too much audio quality, um, it might be something that would fly. All right. Well, stuff to think about. All right, guys, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on whatever the hell you're listening to this podcast on. We are everywhere. If you need help with marketing for your luxury brand. Even Amazon. I had to do a review for them like I know. you asked me to. We're I know. On, I was on, like, what? We're on Amazon Music now, too. I know. I saw that. We've hit the big time, Martha. Mall. Mall. Ma. Liz- Elizabeth, I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> Guys, leave us a review on whatever the hell you're listening to this on. If you need help with marketing your luxury brand. Or hospitality. Or travel. Or tourism. Right. All the above. <laughs> or interior design. Hey, we got that one too. Yeah, we started with that one. We did. Give us a call at one eight seven seven wingnut We'd be happy to help you out. And I think that's it for today, Nat. You got anything else? Nope. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 1-877-WINGNUT to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Okay, I have, I have a, wait, 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 no, it's my turn. I have a, I have, no, yes, if you were, it was far away from me. Yeah, you want to be like three, three or four inches from that bad boy. I could say say some really bad things about this. (laughs) I already did, Rex. I said that's what she said, but you know. What is the future of hospitality? What is the future of hospitality? Hospitality is hard to say. Hospitality, I am gay. That potato smelled. Yeah, it's the potato.
Good boy, Mango.